welcome to the Banker Podcast series, Banking in Transition, where we explore how banking has changed through the COVID-19 pandemic and is adapting for the future. In this series, the Banker's editors are interviewing industry experts from around the world to gather insights and advice on specific challenges, best practices and innovations that can help banks and their customers as we move towards a new normal in banking. I'm Kimberly Long, Asia Editor at The Banker, and today I'm speaking with John Garvey, Head of Global Financial Services at PwC. Thanks for joining us today, John. My pleasure, Kimberly. So to start with, what is the current situation in Asia as the economies move through the pandemic? It's been an interesting, um, obviously very painful pandemic for, for many. Um, I, I think where Asia is entering a bit of a new phase. Um, number of countries in Asia took a Kind of zero tolerance uh, approach, notably uh, China, uh, and I include Asia Pacific, China, New Zealand, and Australia, Singapore as well. And I think transitioning to a world where you know the the vast majority of the population are vaccinated, but you have to have breakthrough cases uh, because the vaccines are not a hundred percent. Obviously, the vaccines uh, prevent. Um, in most cases, hospitalization and death. So you, you look at different countries and they're in different places, right? So New Zealand, Australia still in kind of that zero tolerance mode. Singapore trying to move to a kind of live with the virus, uh, but keeping cases and, and stress on the medical system. And of course, deaths to a, a, a lower level, but having some issues with the Delta variant and, and keeping cases at a reasonable number, you have China, which has a billion people vaccinated, but you know it's uh, there's still uh, many people that are not vaccinated. And then you look at some of the countries that have lower vaccination rates um, and perhaps not as strong of a healthcare system, you know, like Thailand, Malaysia, et cetera, and and they're they're trying to really boost the vaccination rates uh, to bring you know the infections and and serious cases and of course deaths uh, under control. And then you have Japan, which started off slowly. Um, obviously we all watched the Olympics uh, and we, we knew what the situation was there, but now their vaccination rate is, is climbing steadily and you know they're going to lift some restrictions in Tokyo in the area. So everyone's in a bit of a different spot in Asia and the ability to kind of open up the economy certainly more, some countries are more dependent on tourism than others. Others have been, um, you know, facing challenges in terms of keeping the factories going. And you see that in the supply chains and some of the supply shocks um, around the world. So it's really a mixed picture in Asia, uh, but, but one that I would say over time is improving. And again, as vaccination rates, um, you know, increase in the region, there'll be more of an opening, I think more akin to what you've seen in, in Europe and the United States. So with this kind of mixed picture in mind, what has the pandemic done to the level of business and consumer borrowing across the region? Well, again, I think it's a mixed picture um, country by country. And the other thing I would I would layer in there is uh, the amount of stimulus uh, that that has been given in each country is different. I would say Asia has definitely gone less on the stimulus than uh, both Europe and certainly the United States has. Uh, so therefore, um, th there hasn't been, you know, something like the Main Street Lending Program or the uh, the PPP in the United States or some of the EU 
um, programs in, in most countries in, in Asia. You know, one is they they don't have as much capability to provide that that stimulus. Having said that, there have been measures uh, by the banks, et cetera. I think again, you have to look at at different countries, but there's no doubt that. Um, the pandemic has has taken uh, a toll on economic growth and lending in, in most countries. I think the question really going forward is um, how many of the existing you know loans will will eventually go bad and have to be restructured. And you know we're certainly in, in a number of countries. Uh, I don't want to speak um, you know out of out of turn from a confidentiality perspective, but there. There are several countries that I think are are, are preparing uh, for the next level of restructuring uh, of some of these loans as as payment holidays and forbearance uh, you know fades away and and people are starting to see which businesses frankly are are able to exist in this new world from a longer term uh, as opposed to shorter term. And as we've kind of moved through the pandemic, as you say, in Europe and in the US, and there's been much of a return to work, we've seen kind of the implementation of a hybrid working model. But what does the future of work look like in Asia? Is there much expectation that people will go back to the office to work or will it be more of a hybrid or working from home model? I think if you look at a place like Japan, uh, most even during the height of the pandemic, um, there's not really a, a work at home culture in the past. And, and, and while, for example, we at PwC have been working remotely and continue to do so in Japan, many of our clients um, still have a substantial number of people um, coming into the office, albeit with the other restrictions and things which exist uh, or have existed um, you know, in, in, in Japan. I think Japan will be a place where maybe there's less uh, of, a, of a difference from the old world and the new world and probably more of a return to work. If you would look at a place like, say, Singapore, Hong Kong, or or even, um, you know, Australia, New Zealand, uh, I think we're talking more of a hybrid situation. Um, China, again, um, probably you know, in between the two. From what we've seen, some people are, you know, people are back to work. In fact, China had a number of of months where. You know, things were kind of normal. China was in a bit of a bubble, um, and and I think they've tried to keep that within China as normal uh, and and as kind of closely tracking the old world as as they possibly can. So I think you know, whereas in Europe and the U.S., we're seeing almost everybody go to um, some kind of a hybrid two to three days a week, with some exceptions. I think you know, it also depends on the type of of workers you're talking about are these, you know, front office bankers and traders, or are they back office operations and technology people? Technology people, for example, even before the pandemic, um, tended to have a history of, of working quite a bit remotely and off hours and things like that. That's great, John. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you. And you can keep up to date by subscribing to our weekly podcasts on iTunes, Spotify, and Acast, and follow our discussions at thebanker.com slash podcasts.
Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has experienced teams who can craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex. Real wealth requires real solutions. Connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's Coriant.com. Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. In unscripted conversations with investment professionals, you'll hear real stories about successes and lessons learned, informed by decades of investment experience. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. New episodes are available monthly. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes in an episode today. Published by American Funds Distributors, Inc.